Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and I'm sure by the sound of my voice, you can tell that I am sick. <laughs> and so we're going to make this podcast, this show, fairly quick today. Just want to give you a- a- and preview the San Francisco 49ers, who are 3-2, and two, as they take on the Atlanta Falcons, who, quite frankly, this year have been who we thought they were, to quote Dennis Green, R.I.P., And look, when you think of the Niners against the Falcons, what do you think of? What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of how this game should go on Sunday between the Niners and the Falcons? Well, if it's anything other than San Francisco should win this game handily, uh, you are thinking incorrectly. (laughs) And so, look, the Niners in every facet of the game, just like the Carolina game, should have control from the opening kick to that clock hitting zero. The only thing that may, and I mean may, even this game out is injuries. And on that front, we actually have some good news, despite many players being out for San Francisco on Sunday against the Falcons. Nick Bosa has returned to practice. Nick, Bo- Nick Bosa's groin injury, which could have lingered, he he's back. Now, we don't know if he's going to play. We'll get that news later on today, maybe even Saturday night, with the Adam Schefter tweet like he usually does. But as of right now, Nick Bosa is on track to play Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. That is great news. That being said, I do not think he should play simply because you are playing the Falcons. Now look, it's the NFL. San Francisco has lost to the Bears, who looked pitiful against the Commanders last night in Thursday Night Football on primetime on Amazon Prime. Good God, I feel bad for Amazon. All the games have been so bad this year. But that being said, they also lost to the Broncos, who also look really, really, really bad. So right now, San Francisco is not in the business of taking an opponent lightly. They need to come out, dominate on Sunday, because in, in in two weeks, they got the Chiefs at home, then it's going to Levi's South, taking on the Rams. This is a chance to get two games potentially up in the NFC West, and even if you drop that game against Kansas City, then you get to play the Rams again, who are, in the last three weeks, are just muddling. They are awful. They have scored 19 points total. San Francisco, the Niners defense has has scored 14 points. <laughs> like the Niners defense has more touchdowns than, than the Rams offense the last two weeks. That's how bad they've been. But I digress. 
this is a chance for San Francisco to get potentially two games up in the division and not take Atlanta lightly. They have to win this game simply because it gives them some cushion. And anytime you can get some cushion right before playing what seems like one of the, if not the best team in football outside of the Buffalo Bills against the Chiefs, that's a good sign. Because look, the Niners, when it comes to, like my mind always goes to, by week eight, if they are, you know, five and three, that is the exact inverse of what they were last year. And if you're telling me, San Francisco will be five and three instead of three and five. While you're not guaranteeing the playoffs, that is a really, really good chance they make it, and that's exactly what you want. Now, again, Nick Bosa is back. I would not risk further injury, and that does not mean we're taking the Falcons lightly. It's just that you have people like Charles Amenahue, you have people like Drake Jackson who. Look, Drake Jackson ranks second in the NFL among rookies with two sacks. The leader, Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions, has three sacks, but he's also played 190 more snaps. Drake Jackson has been really good in the small amount of time they've used him. Why not let him get his first start or at least some uh, a high percentage of snaps against the Falcons on Sunday? Well, Nick Bosa gets himself ready to go after Patrick Mahomes in two weeks. And again, that is not taking the Falcons lightly. The Falcons Falcons pass blocking this year has been really good. They have the third highest pass block win rate. And maybe that's why. Maybe that is why San Francisco wants Nick Bosa out there. Maybe, like I've said for a while... Maybe Kyle Shanahan says this is our chance to put more pressure on the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. All those teams seem like they're a little lost right now. San Francisco does not. Albeit they're only one game ahead of them in the the standings, now is a chance to get two games up. Put more pressure on them. Make them feel like if they lose three weeks in a row, their season's starting to crumble. Make the Rams be three and five. Make the Cardinals be 3-5. and five. Make them do what you had to do last year. Because I guarantee you, come week 18, the Cardinals will not be doing what the Niners did last year. I don't think the Rams can go from 3-5 and five and in weeks 18 beat their opponent and sneak into the playoffs. That just doesn't seem like something the Rams can do. They were pissed because Debo Samuel was so good against them two weeks ago. They were crying on Twitter. They're already turning against their fans saying, you know, why does the other team have more fans in the stands than we do? This is a chance to put pressure on the Rams. Go on Sunday, beat the Falcons, make them feel like their season is slipping away. And, may, and again, maybe that's why Nick Bosa might play on Sunday or, or has a good chance to play on Sunday. But going back to the Falcons, Jake Matthews, our left tackle, and the right tackle, Caleb McGarry, had been very good. Again, the third highest pass block win rate. Look, Mariota's not good. But what you cannot say is he does not have time to throw. Like, he's just not a good quarterback. And I do think that when you think of the Falcons, I think this could be a week where 
if Nick Bosa doesn't play and San Francisco's defensive line, which had 21 pressures a week ago, even if they have 10, that's good enough. That is really good for a team without Nick Bosa, who will not have Javon Kinlaw, who will not have Eric Armstead, who will not have Emmanuel Mosley in the secondary. And even with all that being said, San Francisco should still win this game because Mariota has not been good. And on the Falcons side of things, Cordero Patterson's not playing. He's out this week. So it's not as if they have their offensive punch. Now, Kyle Pitts is back. Drake London is back. But shall I mention Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Talanoa Hufunga? Shall I mention Mooney Ward? And even look, even if you want to say on the other side, it's a big question mark, right? Who's going to fill in for Emmanuel Mosley? Is it going to be Verrett? I would not play him on turf. It looks like it's not going to be Ambry Thomas because per Demeco Ryans and Kyle Shanahan, he's kind of middled out thus far in camp and during the season. He doesn't look like he's going to be the fill-in guy despite playing well last year. So it kind of seems like it's going to be a mixture of Lenore and Womack. And we might even see Dante Johnson. So, But in that case, I would... And look, the Niners don't do this often. But when you have someone like Mooney Ward, who actually can travel with the receiver, play good man coverage, I might just have him lock down Drake London. Let Hufunga and Warner and Gibson and... Greenlaw, let them take care of Kyle Pitts. The Falcons do not have, again, like the Panthers, the personnel to beat San Francisco on the offensive side of the football. Now, where things get tricky is, is when San Francisco's on offense. Because look, we have seen the best Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen in a long time. His interception rate is at 0. .9. 0.9. 0.9. He's not even allowing an interception per game. But the tricky thing is, and I keep saying that because, look, he has gone two games with no picks. There have been some balls where you're like, I don't know, but he's also had a 2.4% turnover-worthy play rate, also his lowest since he became a Niner. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really, really good football. Not, Not amazing, not elite, but really good football, but he has not gone three consecutive games without throwing a pick. That's my concern, that early in this game or late in this game, Jimmy does something, and look, I love Jimmy, but we know they call him the Jimmy Ono throw for a reason, and he's gone two games without them, and maybe he carries it over, and I do think because it seems like he has more freedom that he might. There seems to be, while he's the same quarterback, there seems to be this new level of confidence in his arm, in his shoulder. He even said in his press conference uh, in Virginia, or in in Atlanta technically, at the Greenbrier on their field uh, out there practicing, that the, the shoulder surgery was a blessing in disguise. He worked on his lower body, got faster, got stronger, has been able to put, like, if it, it, it If you played football, baseball, any sport, you know how important your lower body is to drive, to push. 
it seems like there is a little more something there to Garoppolo that wasn't there in 2019 off of the ACL, that wasn't there in 2021 off the ankle injury. It just feels like that Jimmy now, he might have more ability or more strength or the, again, the ability to to throw it deep to make bigger throws. And so there is a concern that he makes that Jimmy O'No throw of like, look, this is my third game in a row. I don't know. And so, again, you're hoping it's early, right? You're hoping it's early that you can recover from that. Let him make a mistake early. And the good thing is you have guys like Jeff Wilson Jr. and Tevin Coleman where if Garoppolo does make that pick, if he does throw that pick and make that mistake, Jeff Wilson Jr. is playing his best ball in since 2020. Really, he is. Got hurt last year, wasn't who he thought he was going to be. Like, Jeff Wilson was not getting big-time reps last year. It was just Mitchell. And Wilson has stepped up big-time. Had his first 100-yard uh, game la- uh, against Carolina last week. Tevin Coleman, I mean, out of nowhere, he just got signed to the main roster or the the 53-man active roster because he was so good last week. They cut Marlon Mack for Tevin Coleman, who is older. Now, knows the system a lot better than Mack does, but... I, that was not on my bingo card where they were going to cut Marlon Mack for Tevin Coleman. And by all means, good for him. And they might have fresh legs with Ty Davis Price back if they do want to use him. So it's not like the running game is going to be subpar. And it's not as if the Falcons are a top-tier r- rushing defense, right? But there is one thing that does concern me. O- outside of the Jimmy throw. And the injuries, because look, Grady Jarrett still exists, <laughs> and uh, Grady Jarrett, look, the Falcons should have beaten the Bucks or had a better chance of beating the Bucks last week, right? We know the the roughing the passer call against Grady Jarrett didn't make sense, right? It really does feel like that Grady Jarrett has been this offensive wrecker, if you will. Like, he is amazing up the middle. When he was in Seattle, now in Atlanta, it just feels like Grady Jarrett uh, has taken care of business wherever he goes. And if you're a young interior offensive line, like Banks and Brendel and Burford and even Brunskill, who actually I think might get more reps in this game because of Jarrett, Jarrett's going to be a problem. And if you are the law firm, as they call them, Banks, Brendel, and Burford, he's someone you have to look out for because if the interior struggles... That changes the entire perplexity of the offense. You don't have Trent Williams. You don't have Colton McKivitz. You have Jalen Moore. And then you have Banks, Brendel, Burford, Brunskill maybe, and McGlinchey. And we're already seeing Burford and Brunskill share, you know, share drives. This could be a game where because Jared has been so good, they might trust Brunskill even more to go out there instead of Burford to kind of aid the, I guess, weaker offensive line. But what does give me hope, I guess you could say, is that this offensive line performed really well against Aaron Donald and the Rams. Like, what did Aaron Donald do in that game outside of a handful of tackles? And that seems like that's been what Aaron Donald does against San Francisco in the regular season, where it's like a handful of tackles, maybe a run stuff here or there. And I guess that does give me promise that 
even if Grady Jarrett is great in this game and has three sacks and whatever, it just feels like that it doesn't matter what the Falcons do well. It doesn't matter what the Falcons stars, you can call them, do well or if they have a crazy performance. It just feels like it doesn't matter because San Francisco is so much better than them. Like, their secondary is better, their linebackers are better, their defensive line is better, even if Nick Bosa doesn't play and Armstead and Kinlaw do not play, it just feels like San Francisco was in this mode. Now, if you asked me a few weeks ago, like I, I don't know, because look, the Falcons have been in plenty of games. They lost to Tom Brady and the Bucks by six, and maybe should have won that game if it wasn't for a few shoddy calls here or there. They almost beat the Rams. They lost to them by four points. They beat the Browns. They beat the Seahawks. Like, and I get it, it's the Browns and Seahawks, but the Browns aren't awful. Brissett hasn't been bad. They had Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Like, you know the Browns were picked to be many people's pick to win the whole thing this year if Deshaun Watson was going to play. Now, obviously, we know that there's some stuff there that, you know, is a little gross and disgusting and shouldn't be accepted, but the Falcons team has actually played fairly well. The difference is, is that their quarterback sucks. Like, Mariota's not good. Not good at all. I mean, he is disgustingly bad. Against the Browns, when his team scored 23 points, he had 7 completions. 7. He was 7 for 19, 139 yards. In their other win against the Seahawks, Mariota was 13 for 20, 229 yards, one touchdown, one pick. This is a game where San Francisco's defense could carry or continue their more pressures than the opposition starting quarterback's completions simply because Mariota may not complete 10 passes. That's how bad he's been. Against the Buccaneers just this past week, Mariota was 14 for 25, 147 yards and one touchdown. He will not hurt you. He will not hurt you whatsoever. Their their best receiver, Drake London, four catches, 35 yards. That's it. They are doing nothing offensively. Their highest scoring game, both of them have been 27 against the Seahawks and the Rams. In the Rams game they played, which they almost won, Matthew Stafford threw two picks. Mariota in that game threw two picks also. It's not like they're going to beat you. Like they, they are going to beat themselves. And if San Francisco can play somewhat of a clean game, even if Jimmy has the oh-no Jimmy Garoppolo throw, guess what? It's not going to matter. And even if Grady Jarrett and Kyle Pitts and Drake London go off, the chances of that happening are almost 0%. Because Marcus Mariota cannot get them the football. He had 9 completions in a win against the Browns. And it's not like, look, look. I'm sure you're thinking, well, Garoppolo only had 13 completions in two playoff games, or whatever it was against the Packers and Vikings, whatever it was. The difference is, is that 
Mariota didn't have Raheem Most running for a record rushing yards, like in four touchdowns. He had nobody. And I mean nobody. Against the Browns, Mariota, his running back was Tyler Algira, who had 84 yards. That's it. He did not have Raheem Mostert, who was setting a rushing record. <laughs> like, it's not like he, it's not like Mariota has someone carrying the offense. It's like, he is not, like, I, I cannot explain and express how bad he's been this year. And again, that gets me back to the point where, like, look, San Francisco should win this game. And I will even give the Falcons defense credit. Because they actually haven't been that bad. Like, their defense has actually been pretty good. Like, they they are good at getting the ball back. Enough to where the offense can continue to let them down. Now, that was San Francisco earlier in the year. But recently, against the Rams and against the Panthers... They put up 37 points, technically 30 points last week, and they still, again, had a kick blocked. That game could have been 40-13. to 13. The Rams game could have been 30, or 27, excuse me, to 9. Like, San Francisco was dominating opponents. Dominating. Jeff Wilson Jr. feels healthy, feels ready to go. Tevin Coleman's back, right? Like, their offense is, right now, the Rams do not look good. Like, in the NFC, it is the Eagles and the Niners offensively. And if you want to put in the Vikings, maybe. If you want to put in the Cowboys, maybe. Like, there are not many teams in this league currently that are playing complete football. San Francisco is one of them. The Cowboys are winning because of their defense. The Eagles are the only other team in the NFC playing complete football. The Vikings. We know Kirk Cousins. Bright lights, he will fall apart. The Cardinals, they can't even defend their home field. They barely beat the Panthers. The NFC North is a mess. The Saints are not good. The Panthers suck. The Falcons are not good. The defense is okay. But they are not playing complete football. And the likelihood the Falcons without Patterson. Despite getting Pitts back in the offense. The odds they play complete football. Slim to none. If you have any doubts in this game. It is going to be because San Francisco's defense falters. Against this bad of an offense in Atlanta. And I ask you. What are the chances that happens? Even if San Francisco has not allowed a first-half touchdown all year long, what are the odds they play poorly against the Falcons? Not much. Like This game is going to come down to which offense can execute the most against the Niners' number one-ranked defense and against the Falcons, I'll say it, underrated defense. My odds are against the offense... That should have put up 40 points last week. Or I guess 33 points last week outside of a pick six, right? The offense that should have had 20 points against the Rams. Like this offense should have put up 
53 points the last two weeks. That's how good they're playing. If they can just block on the interior during field goal kicks, that has been the only knock on the offense. And look, even if Jimmy throws two picks, guess what? They can still win this game because Mariota will likely do the same, be less efficient, and does not have the personnel to exploit San Francisco's defense. The Niners, like, this is a game where Kittle and Ayuk and Debo should eat. Debo was relatively quiet last week against the Panthers. He had a touchdown. I get that. He didn't do much. It was very much the Jimmy Garoppolo-Kittle game. That's what it was. This game this Sunday, like, can you name any other player on the Falcons' defense? I can name maybe two. A.J. Terrell and Michael Walker. And the only reason why I know them is because I went to college with Michael Walker and Terrell was a former first-round pick. That's why. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but you get my point. They do not have the personnel and Terrell is a great corner. And Walker, he's hurt. <laughs> it's, it's not like that they're trotting out their top-tier players outside of Grady Jarrett. Now, Grady Jarrett can screw things up. But the beauty of it is, uh, Garoppolo's quick release can negate what he can do. And you might see some balls batted down. You might see some of the Jimmy O'No throws. There were some last week. But with this offense coming in, coming in this confidence or this confident, excuse me, with potentially Nick Bosa playing. I don't agree with it, but if he's playing, I mean, the shop is ready to get wrecked. Like, all my confidence, if I, if I had a table full of chips, betting chips, I'm all in on San Francisco winning. There's no reason as to why San Francisco should not come out on top on Sunday. And I'll even say it. I will give the Falcons defense credit. I will say 27-10. to 10. And the only reason why they score 10 is because I'm giving them free points. I will I will say Jimmy throws a pick early in this game. They may go up or tie the game 7-7. Seven to seven. And it's like, oh my goodness. And then San Francisco goes, okay, you got us once. And then, boom, game's theirs. Like we saw last year at Levi's. Kittle. I mean, Debo Samuel was wrecking people. George Kittle was making block after block after block. Like, the Niners were killing the Falcons last year. And it's relatively the same personnel with a worse quarterback. And that's me saying that with Matt Ryan leading the worst offense in football for the Colts. That's how bad Marcus Mariota's been. The fact that Mariota is starting over Desmond Ritter is insane. Like, I don't know if that's a front office thing or Ritter's not playing well, but this is a game where I can see them benching Mariota and Ritter playing. And if that's the case, he's going to make mistakes. He's a young kid getting his first reps. If Ritter does play, he will throw a pick. Or it'll be so late in the game that... He's getting garbage time snaps. That's how bad this game could be. But again, I will give the Falcons credit. Their defense has actually been pretty good. I will give them a Jimmy Garoppolo oh no throw. I'll give it to them. And I'll say 27-10. to 10. And guess what? 
I probably shouldn't even do that. That's how bad they've been. But look, I do want to throw some stats out at you to maybe dispel the chance of that Jimmy Garoppolo Ono throw. Or maybe maybe just give you some more confidence in him, right? Because it seems like that no matter what he does, how good he's been the last two weeks, there will always be somebody that if he makes one bad throw, oh my goodness, he's Jimmy Crapopolo or he's Jimmy Garbagelo. Even if he goes 19 for 20 and the one bad throw's a pick, and he has three touchdowns, it's, oh my goodness, that one throw, he was awful. Which is not the case. But, I digress. If Jimmy Garoppolo, who will likely do this, throws for 163 passing yards and two passing touchdowns, it seems like that's the very Jimmy Garoppolo game. He will pass Colin Kaepernick as the seventh all-time passing leader in San Francisco 49ers history in both categories, yards and touchdowns. I mean, for all the crap he gets, he is on the on the cusp of becoming statistically a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick, and he has 11 more weeks to play after Sunday. Like, we can hold Kaepernick to to a degree of He had a great three-year run, and it may have been one of the best three years ever for a quarterback. Like, I I know his name's controversial now for a variety of reasons, but when he played, that three-year window, 2011 to 2014, I mean, my goodness, was he special. And Jimmy has technically, he didn't play in 2018, really. He played five games in 2017, and he played... Maybe half a year in 2020. I mean, if and that's if he can stay healthy this year, he has played maybe two full seasons, three full seasons as a quarterback, and maybe a handful, maybe like three and a half full seasons or three and a half seasons completely as a Niner. Like, that's pretty freaking good. And I'll like to believe he will become the fifth highest passer in franchise history once the season's done, if he's healthy. Like, keep that in mind. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo, when he's you know all said and done, might be the fifth best quarterback in Niners history. Montana, Young, Tittle, maybe Brody, and and maybe Kaepernick or Smith Gar- Garcia is in there too. But it's it, it's not like Garoppolo has been bad. He's been really good. And this year... He's also been really good the last two weeks. Like, I am expecting the really good Jimmy Garoppolo to carry into this Sunday against the Falcons. The more confidence you build against the Chiefs going into Chiefs week, the better. This is their chance to get somewhat of revenge against the Chiefs. You lost to them in the biggest game of the year. You blew it. Now beat them when it, I guess, technically doesn't matter. But... The Chiefs are riding high, right? Kelsey scored four touchdowns against the Raiders, who were up 17 to nothing. Take it to that team. Beat that team, who has seemingly been able to escape cleanly any and every scenario they're in. The only reason they lost to the Bengals last year 
was because Mahomes was so bad in that second half. It, it and it's not like he was god awful. He was just not Mahomes. And so why not take it all your confidence, go in there, crush Atlanta, and hopefully. And look, this is the biggest thing. You beat the Panthers, you killed them. Thing is, you had injuries. That's scary. This team is banged up. You got to get healthy. The last thing you want is to dominate Atlanta and then come out even more hurt. That's why Verrett shouldn't play. That's why Bosa, in my opinion, should not play. That's why this, to me, should be a relatively uh, conservative game for San Francisco. Once you get up big, which they will, which they should, you may want to tap on the brakes simply because, while not taking Atlanta lightly, you do not want to get anybody hurt. Run the football. Don't put Debo and Kittle and Ayuk in, you know, these these medicine ball scenarios. Like Garoppolo has to be accurate, cannot miss high. It may be a lot to ask for, but I'd rather you miss low than high. At least in this game, playing on turf once again. The last thing you want, knock on wood, is another ACL. You don't want that. Because look, the issue is, is that Verrett shouldn't play. And once you're out of the turf, back on the grass, Verrett can play perfectly fine. But as soon as Verrett plays on turf, my, you know, if you watch anime, my my distressed emotions, the signs over my head, they just go 100% alarmed of like, oh my goodness, danger, danger. That being said, start Thomas, start Lenore, start Womack, but just come out of this game unscathed. There's no reason as to why you have to risk anyone getting hurt. There's no reason as to why San Francisco shouldn't win this game. Grady Jarrett, even if he goes crazy, San Francisco should still win this game. Kyle Pitts, even if he goes crazy, San Francisco should still win this game. This game should be 27-10, 27-13. And I will give the Falcons 7 free points. That's how much confidence I have in the Niners this Sunday. And so look, they may, they may not win. They should. But we will see. You play the games for a reason. I just have confidence in a team that has had 57 pressures the past two weeks on defense. And I think this Sunday could be another Sunday. They have more pressures than the opposing quarterback has completions. And I also believe in this offense that should have put up 53-plus points the past two weeks. Hey, make a field goal. Robbie Gold should be healthy. Nick Bosa may be back. Everything, again, just like last week, leans San Francisco. I don't even need analytics. I don't need numbers. I can just look at the teams and go, yep, they should win. And that's where I'm basing this off of. Niners win 27-10 and go to 4-2 on Sunday against the Falcons. That being said, I want to let you know to use promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS, to save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Again, inflation's high, gas prices are high. If you want to see San Francisco play the Chiefs next Sunday... 
you're going to want to use that promo code to save yourself some money. Anytime you can get something cheaper nowadays, hey, Disneyland prices are going up. I'm giving you free 20 bucks to go watch the Niners play against the Chiefs. That's a good deal. <laughs> so all I'm saying is save yourself some money, support the channel in the meantime, and also don't forget to like share, subscribe, leave a review, help the podcast even further. Thank you for sticking through this with my my sick voice. I, I, apologize, I, I apologize, excuse me. I'm hoping to get better soon. Also, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Any injury update, you're going to find it there first. I, I promise you. We are going to be the first person to get that out for you. I am on Twitter and Instagram 24-7. 24-7, you are not going to want to miss a thing. And until next time, my name is, unfortunately, a sick Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast, and stay faithful. Stay faithful.